Okay, and Dunk. Type of Smoko Chat. Arm and you have some quality banter for your Smoko break. Smoko Chat. Man, for this Smoko Chat, we've got a special guest in studio. Uh, he's the big dog. He is the big slug for the head of Movember for New Zealand, uh, Roundy. Robert Roundy Dunn. How are you, kind sir? Very good, thank you, team. Thanks for having me in. Why do you look? You don't look stressed out. You should be stressed out. November's almost over. Oh, he does nothing. <laughs> He's it a glory boy. <laughs> <laughs> <It means health. laughs> He's I got have, an understudy. I have one other staff member, so I biff all my work uh, to him. But nah, I think I think October's probably the time I feel the most under the pump. You know, that's the time where you feel like you can, you know, try and get as many people involved as possible. You're trying to rally the troops a wee bit, so you're you're pushing as hard as you can to get people signed up. And then if you know you get them to the website, get them signed up, you can get them on board and get the write messages to them and try and um, help them have a fantastic Movember. But once you get to this time of the month, um, whoever's in's in, and it's around getting the people who are getting around you. So you just try and get alongside them, showcase what they're doing, and probably in terms of saying, you know, how many people can we get to do it this month, that ship sailed. So it actually probably is probably is almost, yeah, a more fun time because you're just getting around some amazing people, seeing some pretty cool stuff that they do, and it's almost the it's the most satisfying part of it is seeing the community come together. So to give us some numbers, in terms of how many people, what are we looking like in numbers? Are numbers up in terms of people that are participating in November? Are donations up? Are we down? Whereabouts are we, whereabouts are we fitting in the scheme of things? Mate, we're humming, which is awesome because we're a mature campaign. You know, we've been around for a wee while, but um, this year we're going to get close to 13,000 people sign up to Grow Mistake which is about 10% than the year before. We're going to get probably 70,000 individual donations, which are going to, you know, pull together close to two and a half million bucks, which again is is more than we had last year. So when you've been trying to do this for a wee while, it's pretty encouraging to have growth. I think it, you know, it's still fun. It's still irreverent. It's still a really non-traditional way um, to do charity. And I think that's what resonates with a lot of people. But I think also the cause um, and the messages that you're getting out to people are hitting home as well. And that's helping us, one, get people to go around again, mow up again. Um, but also I think we're getting we're getting new people as well. And I've, I've been seriously fizzed about the amount of young people I've seen getting into it as well. Young fellas um, rounding up their groups and, and um, doing it as a doing it as a bunch of mates, um, you know, and they're only, a lot of these guys are 23, 24, 20, few school guys, few uni guys. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big believer in it. And I think it's something that, I guess, for probably, I've been doing November for, what, the probably the thick end of 14, 15 years now. And in the beginning, it was like, it was like a decade of fundraising. And over the last four years, it's the skills that we're starting to pick up. It's uh, learning how to do proper breathing. It's ice baths. It's actually catching up with mates. It's the tools and how you can start a conversation and how you can listen and uh, all of those things that are making the, the biggest difference for me and and my immediate circle of friends. All right. Well, it's been bloody good having you in, mate. If anybody wants to jump on board just for a random donation, uh, you've got a couple of days left before the end of November. Movember. Um, what's the best way to do that? Absolutely, mate. You either, if you've got someone at work or in your community or whatever, make sure you get around them and give some moolah to their moustache of some description. If you just want to give a general donation to Movember to help us fund programs in New Zealand, um, go to www.movember.com. It all helps. Um, the key, as I said before, it's not necessarily about massive donations. It's just about 60,000, 70,000 people coming together all behind the cause. So 10 bucks is good, 5 bucks is good, 20 bucks is great. We'll take it all. And I understand you're off to fill your glass back up. Off for a round of golf after this. Mate, you've got to live the men's health journey. So, uh, <laughs> and that being know, said, good luck. because Movember, everyone thinks it's condensed down to one month. And of course, we like to grow moustaches. But there's the Movember Masters as well, which is a great initiative. One that you should definitely check out um, when you head along to the Movember website. Get your mates together. I've done a couple of times. <laughs> 
Oh, Jesus, good fun. <laughs> Terrible at golf, but what a day. Jay's yeah, been taking lessons. Say, we weren't, the prize table was not in jeopardy when I played with you, Reeve. Like, uh, but the chat was good. It was a good day out, so we were ticking boxes in that regard. But my colleague, Harry, has been working very, very hard, so I decided to take him out this afternoon for a couple of hours golf, you know, because uh, sometimes you've got, got to help someone check out. Okay. <laughs> However you want to skin it. <laughs> I'll just carry I'll just carry his back. <laughs> Jay and Dunk. The Rock. And it's time for the best fake news you'll hear all day. With our newsreader Sean Piercy, this is Batuta News. Coming up after four, relative with Paul selfishly refuses to host Christmas. <laughs> and after five, cat death. Just the opening ex-boyfriend needed to get back in there. But now, local man takes up MMA to defend himself in fights he'll probably instigate. Good afternoon, I'm Sean Piercy. Local tradie Brian Weldon signed up for a beginner-level mixed martial arts class last week to defend himself during fights he'll probably instigate in the near future. Confirmed sources excited to see how this plays out. Considering the growing amount of people training in hand-to-hand combat looking to take their aggressions out on anybody, I'd be a moron not to prepare myself, claimed Brian, who in four months will be forced to take court-mandated anger management sessions. Brian's older brother Josh stated, I just worry he's actually going to hurt someone. A couple months ago, a Starbucks employee spelled his name with a Y and Brian almost jumped over the counter to fight the lady. (laughs) Thankfully, those off-duty firefighters were there to get things under control. (laughs) Local police officer John Shearing explained that while people are encouraged to take self-defence classes, he also noted that most casual MMA practitioners are the first to start fights at local bars. Every time the local pub hosts a UFC pay-per-view, there's a drunken brawl or random fist fight in the car park. When we spoke to Weldon, he just learned how to jab properly, a lesson that will prove useful next Friday during a fight with his landlord, because the water will be turned off for three hours during the day. For News Hub and the Batuta Advocate, I'm Sean Pearson. Hey, the only defence is offence, I can understand. Coming up with Jay and Doug. Flick the eyes, kick the nuts. That's all you need to know. Are you one of those guys? <laughs> At all costs, mate. No honour amongst thieves. Fight dirty. Yeah. Fight to win. Get it done. The Rocks, Jay and Dunk. Okay, Jay Reeve, time for uh, your segment, mate. Jay Reeve presents Take My Money! Jeez, we're deep into barbecue season already, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Oh, she's getting warm. Getting very warm. And when it comes to barbecue, myself and Dunk can get around it. Two different approaches. Uh, Dunk- very, very different. <laughs> Dunk's a uh, Dunk's a process guy. I'm a final destination kind of guy. So I mean, I I mean, I don't mind I don't mind messing around with coals. I don't mind messing around with coals at all. I love a charcoal barbecue. But that being said, if you want bang for buck and just to get the most incredible, incredible results from whatever you're cooking, might I suggest a Louisiana Grills LG 900? What is that? I hear you ask. Well, I'm glad you asked. I'll tell you. It's basically an automated pallet grill. And if you're into barbecuing, you know that this is lazy man's cooking. Has, I'll put my so hand up and say this. I've been um, quite hammered at Jay's house before, 11 o'clock at night, and he'll be like, let's put on a brisket. We can have it for breakfast. <laughs> See, exactly. You <laughs> don't have to worry about it. Dials it up, and we just carry on getting peeled, wake up in the morning, brisket for breakfast. Push how on. How are you going? You don't need to check it. It comes automated, probes, keeps it at the same temperature. It feeds these little wooden pellets in. You can get a whole bunch of different ones uh, to give it a different flavour. You can do a low, slow smoke or, uh, you know, your classic low and slows. 
or you can fire that bad boy up to about 300 degrees and do some hard searing on it. So it's a great a great across-the-range one. Obviously, if the power goes out, you're a little bit pegged because it actually mm. needs power to run. It doesn't run on gas. It's, um, it's like a hot poker that has the pellets drop on it, fan blows it, and then it creates the flame and the smoke. One of my mates, Jason, just purchased one. He reckons they're just amazing. It's good if you've got a busy lifestyle, so he can like chuck the meat on and then go and take the kids to rugby or whatever and then come back and it's cooking. Whereas me, uh, doing it old school, I sometimes set my alarm clock at 4.30 on a Saturday morning to put the brisket on. Got to get up, get the chimney ready. <laughs> All I can think of is Jay, still sleeping. <laughs> still with dusting this, beers. Wait, with, with, with this brisket cooking. It is amazing. If uh, you want to check it out, we'll put up a, a pick of this bad boy. They run, they're not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they run about, well, I found one here for 1900 bucks at barbecues and more, uh, but it's well worth every penny. Sell I, your car, buy a barbecue. Great advice. There you go. Um, you can get, a, a, get a push bike to peel I, off all those fatty brisket Ks you need to do. I got, um, remember, I, I never arrived. I got sucked into a pallet grill scam on eBay. <laughs> Uh, and it was like $20 or $50 American to buy one or something like that. I was like, oh, did well. Never, you bought three of them. Did I? Jace uh, bought th- No, Jace, Jace bought three. I oh, bought yeah. one. Um, and I was expecting it to turn up and be like, you know, for a mallet grill for ants. <laughs> um, but it didn't even turn up. They just took my money. Apparently, that's uh, quite a common thing. So don't fall this, for that trap. however, is not that scam. It is $1,800 bucks well spent. Get around it. Louisiana Grill. Look for it by name. Jay Reeves. Take my money. Jay and Dunk. The Rock. Got Laura here as well. If you do have a question for a resident vet, you can text it right now. Keyword is vet. Send it off to 3520. Let's chat about the uh, the horse that bit off the lamb. Face. How did that even come about? It was pretty tragic. Like I turned up to just do a general health check of these animals and I had a look at this lamb and, and its face was missing, just its little eyes and its mouth. And I thought, where's this animal's nose? And the lady's like, oh, don't know, don't know, eh? And I was like, yeah, um, we need to find this nose anyway. So I couldn't find the nose anywhere and this thing looked like Voldemort. Even, you, how was it still alive? I don't know. It was just buying happy ass. You know, obviously I shoved anti-inflammatories and pain relief and uh, all sorts of antibiotics straight into it. But it just had these tiny little nose holes. It was oh. like blowing bubbles. And she's like, oh, old Voldy. Oh, yeah, that happened yesterday. I don't really know what happened. And then 24 hours later, she found the nose in the paddock and realised that the horse must have bitten off its nose. Damn, horse yeah. is just live? such a miserable animal, well, aren't they? I think it is, but I did find out that she found a maggot near it today, near the nose. So I think the maggots are trying to get in there now because it's, uh. of course, fire strike season. So, so yeah, uh, TBC. Wowee. Sad. Well, I reckon that'll feature heavily on a Christmas table, that little number there. <laughs> I don't think you want to um, quick, quick, quick question, if we're, going, if we're just winding about the clock. Um, do dogs, bulldogs, British bulldogs in particular, need their buttholes cleaned by their owners? Absolutely not. I mean, who, do, who does that? You're such, you're such a dick. <laughs> it's Dunk. not the butthole, it's the inverted tail. It's the DDF, otherwise known as Duncan the Dog Fingerer. <laughs> Okay, just double-checking. Who should we can call we, can to, we, to report this sort of thing? Is it SPCA, can, Bill? Can we just put some context around this? Because those Yes, are you fingered your dog in front of someone and they busted you. At least Such let me give you some gloves. <laughs> I'll get you a pack of gloves. <laughs> Although I did get ordered to finger my dog from the vet the other... Remember when I ate the bone and had a split bum hole? And then I said I wouldn't do it. They gave me lube. And I was, like, I was like, mate, I like my dog, but not that much. Yeah. Sorry, mate, it's not happening. <laughs> um, context? <laughs> Can I just give it some context? Bulldogs have inverted tails, and you've got to put your finger in and clean around. It's gross. But, yeah, I got accused by a boomer of fingering my dog. 
That'd make a great video. Duncan actually We've got pretty much ran his finger around We've the camera lens. questions to get through, Jay. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe you could shut up. Okay. Um, <laughs> my horse is, uh, has an oozing black melanoma. What should I do? That is very concerning. If leave it. Yeah. <laughs> do not leave it. So Feed it a lamb's nose. You really need to go see the vet. Any kind of mass that's oozing, that's probably blood. So any mass that's ulcerated, bleeding, increasing in size, um, Discharging anything needs to be seen by a veterinarian, especially if it's on a horse that is a grey or a white-coloured horse. Um, they're they're really prone to having melanomas. And I've done a post-mortem on one of these horses where I've opened them up and the entire abdomen is full of melanomas. So go, Whoa. I know, like literally these massive melanomas everywhere over every organ. So not to scare you, but I would uh, go to the vet. Yeah, okay. Get that checked out. Get the checkbook out. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, very important question. Honeybees live in hives, right? Where do bumblebees live then? That is a question from my four-year-old son, Finn, and I don't know the answer. Over to you, Jay. Well, the answer is... The Up bumble- your bum. <laughs> 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 bumblebees traditionally live uh, in holes in the ground. Some of them nest in long grass, and they don't have stingers. They bite. That's why they are so hectic when they get hold of you. Sometimes you'll find them in curtain folds as well, because they like to fly inside and... And uh, nuzzle in between curtain folds. What are you nuzzle. like, rude? The bug, bug man? No, yeah. I don't even. I don't know a beekeeper because we put our um, we went on a bike ride last year in Gisborne and put them down, put our tents above a massive native beehive. Oh, oh, oh shit! In the sand, <laughs> and so we woke up and it was like <laughs> underneath our tents. I was like, oh god. He's like, like, yeah, you, you put your tent on a uh, native beehive there. Don't lift the tent up. Jeez. Didn't just left. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Tent's still there. Free to go. He's a dead. Oh, we've all learned something today. Um, I have a bull mastiff with a bad ear infection. He won't let me pour the vet recommended meds into his ears. Is there a natural home remedy? Look, absolutely not. Unfortunately, when they get ear infections, there is just an overgrowth of bacteria. So cocci and, you know, and rod bacteria. And they're really nasty. Sometimes it's pseudomonas, um, which is hard to, kill, hard to kill with antibiotics. So can also have a fungal infection. You really need to get those ears check so we can find out exactly what organism is causing this infection and then give them the appropriate antibiotics. And if you don't, it will eat through the ear canal and go into the brain. Wow! Woo. All right, we should definitely Jeez. That escalated and... quickly, didn't yeah. it? Get those in there. Jay and Dunk and Dr. Laura on the rock. If you've got any questions for our resident vet, you can text them through. Keyword is vet. Send them off to 3520. Plenty coming through. I uh, just got corrected too. Bumblebees don't bite. They have a long needle-like stinger which continually retracts and stabs you away like a fencer. Really? Well, apparently. I haven't yet to Google it, but that's what it says. <sighs> sounds psycho. Okay, Dr. Laura, my six-year-old English bull terrier mix broke his dew claw off when he was about 18 months old and it never grew back. I've recently noticed in the last week or so that it started to grow back and looks perfectly normal. Doesn't seem to be bothering him. Just seems really odd. Is this something I should be concerned about? Absolutely not. So that's actually quite common where if they damage the dew claw, it either doesn't grow back or it grows back abnormally and it will grow back sometimes and grow in this weird shape where it curls back and can dig into the skin. So it's actually really good that it hasn't grown back. It will cause less issues, even if it does, as long as it's growing nice and straight, doesn't curl around and kind of try grow back into the animal's skin, you're absolutely fine. Just cut it a bit more frequently than you would otherwise need to. What, just for a non-dog owner, yeah. what is a dew claw? So a dew claw, other those little claws that don't actually touch the ground. They're further up than so on like those halfway up their shin, the equivalent of a human shin. Yeah. And halfway so up the leg. They just kind of dangle what there. Them. What are they for? Is that well, for when it's they, really slippery, they get down onto that bit and that's when it hooks in? It's basically their thumb, right? 
Like they don't have thumbs, so it's their thumb that used to be down the bottom, but now ah, it's not. You know, okay, yeah. and they get caught on fences and rip them all the time, and so it's really common. As a vet, we get you know ten a week. These dogs coming in with just bleeding and these claws half hanging off. So well, we just have to remove them. them. And, oh, you rip them out. Yeah, you do because if you leave them, if they if they injure them and you just leave them, then they will get infected, and yeah, then you will end okay. up having to take them off later, which is two vet bills rather than one. So yeah, all right. Mm. Um, one from uh, Jay's wife, the crazy cat lady, Anna. One, uh, one of our 17,000 cats. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is from Michelle. Uh, we've got a cat that seems to get itchy bits on her nose, but only in summer. It almost kind of feels like she's getting sunburned. Is there a sunblock for cats? Could be a few things. The first thing I think of, if it's seasonal, is uh, mosquito bite hypersensitivity reaction. These cats are really sensitive sensitive to getting mosquito bites, and they're, they're, all the hair falls off their nose, and it looks raw and ulcerated and, you know, pretty sore. And if it's that, then you basically go to the vet, they'll give it a steroid injection. That will reduce it overreacting to these um, mosquitoes, and then the problem usually goes away. It needs repeated injections. But you just want to make sure you're not dealing with a squamous cell carcinoma. So take your cat to the vet, get that checked out, just make sure it's either one or the other. I don't know if I'm being stitched up on this text, but I'll read it anyway. Hi, Dr. Laura. How do you calm a cat enough to shave them when they are very thick furred? Is there any pill to make them sleepy without knocking them out? I don't think you should be shaving a cat, maybe trimming. I I shaved a cat last week. Did you? Yeah. So I've got this, I've got a mate and he does lots of advertising stuff and um, he's got this cat and it's got really, really long hair and it ran into one of those bitty bit bushes and its entire body was covered right down to the skin and this thing just was a mess anyway. So he's like, just shave my cat anyway. So it turned up. And we just shaved it and gave it a line clip where we left the tail, like yes. the little pom-pom That's and the, the little feet. That's the one you want to go for. Yeah, and a line mane. And you can do like a stegosaurus cut too. It's hilarious. <laughs> Am I the only one that listened to that conversation in inverted commas with a euphemist? Yeah, yeah, oh, must be. Okay, sorry. Oh, no, well, Jack did. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, our producer's still yet to hit puberty, though. It's all very exciting. He's looking forward to the stegosaurus cut himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just clicked it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, here's another question. Hi, I've got a six-month-old British bulldog called Bronson. Great name. Named him after the badass actor Charles Bronson. I keep getting told I need to neuter him. Uh, do a, I don't really want to cut his bollocks off. They look good in his trophy cabinet from Ryan. Well... I've got some good news. You can get them castrated and then get your vet to put some nutraceutical testicles in. They're like fake mm. testicles. It's like implants, but down there. They have them, uh, for obviously, for humans as well. Dr. John reckons that they come out on like a long piece of wood and they start off small and you get to go along and choose what size you'd yeah. like. <laughs> if you ever like lose one, you know, to testicle cancer or whatever, yeah, yeah. you get to choose off the uh, the bollocks board. Yeah, absolutely. Just A bollocks board? If it's too big, then, you know, there's chafing, so just be careful. <laughs> Um, just got hammered again on the text machine. Apparently, bumblebees don't sting. Um, I've just Googled it. Queen and worker bumblebees can sting. Unlike honeybees, a bumblebee's stinger lacks barbs, so the bee can sting repeatedly without injuring itself. By the same token, the stinger is not left in the wound. Thank you, you Google. There you go. Oh, well, I don't really care about that anyway. Neither. <laughs> I was really, I was really getting on my, really getting on my goat. Hey, uh, thanks, Laura. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. And thanks, Molly, for coming in as well. We didn't really get to, get to say much, but thanks. Keep up the good work, Molly. You, you, you nailed it. <laughs> Jay and Dunks drive home. <laughs> <laughs> Here's Batuta News, the best fake news you'll hear all day with our newsreader, Sean Pearcy. <laughs> Hey. 
Earlier, local man takes up MMA to defend himself in fight he'll probably instigate. And up after five, cat death, just the opening ex-boyfriend needed to get back in there. For now, relative with Paul selfishly refuses to host Christmas. Good afternoon, I'm Sean Pearcey. An Auckland man who converted his privileged private school background into a successful career in business has refused to host Christmas this year just because he can. The main reason why Mark Curtis doesn't want to have Christmas at his place again is that his less successful relatives take the mickey and stay there until dark, eating and making the tiles beside the pool wet. He said he's been hit up by his brother, sister and brother-in-law more than once this month, each time he's outright refused. Mark spoke to our reporter over his fence this morning. He's just not up to it this year, he said. They're like a pack of locusts. Last year, they ate two kilos of scorched almonds before lunch. I treat my place like a resort, getting towels out, leaving them on the floor, expecting my wife to prepare the lunch and pay for it. I'm just not up to it. This year, I want to make the potato salad, get in the Audi and put the top down, drive over to my brother's place, kick around for a few hours, then drive home, get in the spa and have a Dunhill. Maybe a bowl of spaghetti alfredo and a splice for dessert. Who gives a rats? I'm 65 years old. Our reporter nodded along and waited for a pause in conversation to ask if he could use the pool while Mark is out of town next week. For New Saab and the Batuta Advocate, I'm Sean Pearson. A spaghetti alfredo and a splice. <laughs> The worst, <laughs> the worst icebox, like a vanilla icebox covered in like a, a like a um, van, what is it? Vanilla Bring it home ice strong. cream. <laughs> <laughs> you got this. Bring it home strong. Vanilla ice cream covered in a crappy ice block coating. It's a splice. Isn't it? Here he is. <laughs> oh, I'm gone. What, are, what is it with people that own pools? Have you noticed that the they're like, oh, most people are like, yeah, come over for a swim. And then they just bang on about how many towels people are using. It's like, well, you just said get in my pool. When I get in a pool, I'm going to get wet. I'm going to use a towel. It's not rocket science. It's a BYOTL scenario. That's unwritten rule, isn't it? Oh, you know, people don't remember everything. <laughs> like me. <laughs> Jay and Dunk. The Rock. We're about to be joined by New Zealand's hardest working comedian. His name is Tony Lyle. It's time for Tony Lyle. How's it going, buddy? You all right? We're great. I heard you on the TV the other day in the background there at the cricket. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, you would have been muttering away. Fire. I think we talked about this last week. We were talking to some massively inebriated people. But um, <laughs> you're not, not at the test, unfortunately. So I wasn't down in uh, the mighty Mount Maunganui watching that ripper of a test. Let's be honest. You don't want to be ground announcing a test match for five days straight. That'll get boring after one day. Yeah, but you do want to kind of park up and have a few beers and watch um, oh, yeah, five days of if, if you pure can do it sensational from a lazy, test cricket. If you can do it from a lazy boy while drinking, then Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I don't get paid for that, that's for sure. <laughs> Not a lot of coverage at the Mount, and uh, most of the pavilion is made out of steel shipping containers, so I think it's about 3 million degrees inside of those things on a hot summer's day. Yeah, I'd sort of just go for the uh, the hat with one of those like little kid back flaps. Legionnaires. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a singlet. Yeah, yeah, run one of those and you're good to go. <laughs> what else is going on in your life, Big T? Hey, man, I want to tell you about an invention that I saw on uh, the Northwestern Motorway. I, li- I live in West Auckland, as we've talked about before, and this is a classic uh, Westy invention. I was dr- we were driving along, and it was bumper to bumper, and a dude beside me, he was in a coupe, I believe they're called, uh, with a wee boot, and the boot just popped open, and I was... At first I was like, oh, here we go, his bloody boot's open, he's accidentally opened his boot. Did you think the there was going to be somebody in there? Well, I was wondering, and I was like, Is it, you know, sometimes people carry something, you know, the old unsecured load, and the boot maybe will pop a jar, but I had a wee look, and the boot, there's nothing in the boot, just an empty boot that had somehow popped open on the motorway, and I was like, oh, this guy's going to have to get out and close the boot on the motorway, or he's just going to drive with his boot open, like, what's going to happen here? I you'll felt like pulled, I was... You'll get and pulled good, over is what will happen. And it's good entertainment on the motorway, because you're doing anything to try to pass the time. Um, and then all of a sudden, the boot, and it was an old school car, like, I don't know, like, I'm thinking like a Safiro, you know, Safiro, oh, yeah. like oh, great quite a car. sort of 
early 90s, Safira, the boot just magically closed as I watched. And I was like, what's going on? How's this working? And I glanced to the, um, the driver's seat. There's only one guy in the car. And I saw in his fist, he had a piece of rope and he had pushed it forward sort of in front of him up to the glass. <laughs> and so he had a sort of rigged up pulley system with his boot connected to a piece of rope running through the car that he could open and shut. And he'd obviously, the lo- rope had come loose, the boot had popped open and he thought, oh, bugger that. Given the rope, the old heave-ho and closed the boot. And I thought, oh, jeez, I love West Auckland. Oh, well, do you, when he just tied off against the chair when he hops out or he something like that? He must have. Or, uh, more likely, or when he, goes in his mitt. he was just holding it in his hand and he's like, I can drive in a town like this. It is madness, but also kind of genius. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah. West Auckland um, Warren Fitness Places must see some <laughs> real pieces of work. Hey, is, <laughs> is it legal to have a boot that closes? I don't think so. I heard. I'm pretty sure it's illegal not to have a secure boot latch. Yeah, that actually makes sense. That's probably rule 101. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I heard about the uh, Warren of Fitness on Waiheke Island? I heard you can pay an extra $20 and you get a silverfish put in your back seat. A silverfish? Mm. Well, like a, a bug. Like a tinny. Oh, right. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh, the little, the little vermin that crawls around in your, yeah, in, under your barbecue. I've wouldn't want that. that. I've seen that on the, uh, on the raid can. We've, uh, we've got a Waiheke local, so we'll be able to run that past them. Oh, you we don't even need to ask. That's Waiheke. That's, that's fact. And also, it should be free, not an extra $20. Come on, Waiheke, hook up the boys. Eee. It's just Tony, not us, because that's illegal. Oh, yeah, not me. Not me either. Not me. I'm, I'm clean. Jay and Dunk, not smoking pot like Tony on the no, rock. No, don't do it. Jay and Dunk. And right now it's time for the best fake news you'll hear all day. This is Batuta News with Sean Piercy. The big stories of the day so far. Local man takes up MMA to defend himself in fight he'll probably instigate. And a relative with Paul selfishly refuses to host Christmas. But now, cat death. Just the opening ex-boyfriend needed to get back in there. Good evening, I'm Sean Piercy. Local ex-boyfriend James Longhead caught his luckiest break since his separation from his former girlfriend yesterday, realising that the death of her beloved cat, Pancake, was just the opening he needed to reinsert himself into her life. I was cruising her Instagram with my alternate account, you know, just to check up on things since she blocked me, he said, referring to Jess Cowan, his ex-girlfriend of two months. Mostly I just make sure she's not seeing anyone else or moving on or anything. So I thought it was just the usual. Then I noticed this real bummer of a memorial post, complete with an old photo she had the nerve to crop me out of. At first I was angry, but then I thought, bingo. Sources describing themselves as neutral parties between the two report all attempts to talk James out of speaking to Jess about her late cat failed. I told him, bro, she's healing right now, you got to respect that said Max, James's co-worker at a local video game store. James maintained his intentions were pure, hoping their newfound contact could lead to a deeper understanding, both of one another and why Jess had changed her Netflix password a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> Look, that cat was like 100 years old, he said. So I know she got Jess through a lot of childhood trauma or whatever, but you know who wasn't around any of that? Me. What I was around for was sharing a bed with a smelly, halfway blind cat night after night. <laughs> Sources report James later discovered a recent tweet by his ex informing her followers that her 2005 Ford Taurus was stolen from in front of her apartment building. Oh dear, James said. This will be easier than I thought. And that's your final Batuta headline for Wednesday the 27th of November. For News Hub and the Batuta Advocate, I'm Sean Piercy. I had a mate whose missus um, Here we go. <laughs> had about three alternate accounts that she populated with pictures of like, I don't know, semi-famous um, adult film stars 
and would pepper him on the daily just to see if he would break and like like should slide into his DMs and just see if he was going to get away with it. I was like, come on. When, when he found out, he's like, see, I didn't even break. I was like, I wouldn't even bother being with that chick. I just did nah, it. Because obviously she is just going to be a punisher. Yeah, just a basket case. Wow. <laughs> alternate account. Jay and Dunk. The Rock. Earlier we were chatting about Jay's barbecue. He's got one of those automatic pallet grills. And, it's great uh, stuff. Yeah, it, it goes it goes relatively good. And you, and we it goes sort of, incredibly good. And then at the end, we sort of said, oh, you know, like the $1,900 price tag is kind of pricey. It's all relative, you know. Mm. You, and when you push the ceiling a little bit higher, like this uh, oven that I've found being sent through to me, um, it's the world's most expensive oven. And uh, to purchase one here in New Zealand, it's quite wide, I'd say two and a half metres wide. Uh, we'll set you back around $778,000. $778,000. Obviously, it's uh, entirely customizable, and the company that builds them has been building custom made ovens for 100 years. Apparently, it's quite the market for these luxury ovens. Yeah, La Cornu. Uh, they've got a stockist here in New Zealand, they've got a full range of them. Their cheap ones are like 30G. <laughs> I mean, they so, look pretty good. I mean, they look pretty, they look pretty good. So, but, uh, nothing looks. The three quarters of the, jeez, when you put it like that, three quarters of a million dollar oven, uh, the top dog, has two vaulted ovens, one's gas, one's electric, two large hot plates that allow a variety of frying pan and saucepan rotations, so even the most complex of menus can be prepared all at once. Yeah, I mean, Under the hood, they've got a couple of brass burners um, that doesn't cause any uh, damage to the aluminium something, wood. But I suppose that this, if you go, you can buy a car for $750,000 and it does the exact same thing as a $1,500 Toyota Corolla. That's it like, gets you from A to B. That's but like, it's just a little bit slicker. That's like when I was driving my old um, HR and I was on the road, I'd be driving along and I'd get dudes hanging out of the back of brand new Commodores, like the full spec ones worth like 120 grand. And they'd be like, yeah, boy! Like, You're an idiot. Mine cost me five grand. <laughs> um, and how's this? This is the craziest thing about this um, ridiculously expensive oven. Uh, the... Their market is not the commercial market. No, it's it's purely private um, private homes. It's not big enough to run a. It's not good enough to run a commercial setup. If you wanted an expensive one, you get a hell hell commercial one, like a real good commercial one that's probably capable of doing a couple of hundred covers a night. It's just Monday through Sunday, baby. That thing will go forever. I reckon this thing will just be poked in a year. Oh, uh, you know, I'm just. I'm, it's just such a weird article to read as well because they're like, you know, you don't have to spend that much. You can get quite a large and truly beautiful oven for from most designer kitchen places from around thirty to fifty thousand dollars. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to justify a fifty G oven. Get uh, off the crack pot. Uh, you are okay, so mate. high right now. Wow. Coming up with Jay and Doug. It's just, you know, like there's rich and then there's rich, rich, eh? I guess it's one of those things. It's like you go, I don't know if I'm that poor. And then you go, there's a $750,000 oven. Yeah, I'm pretty poor. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if someone's buying that, I'm poor. I've been in the position where I've had to um, heat my house with a gas oven. (laughs) Just the hot, you know, the hob on the top. Just leave them on. For the winter, it's just cheaper. The Rocks, Jay and Dunk.